Greetings and welcome to another episode of Stanford Cinema. Thank you for joining us. Once again, we've got one of my favorite guests returning, and that would be my brother, Nathan. How's it going, Nathan? Great. Happy to be back. How's it going with you? It's going. I'm going to I'm not going to lie. This episode feels a little foreign. It's been like, I don't know, like three weeks since I've recorded. So I feel a little bit really? rusty. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited, man. You know, I uh, had a nice little oh, good. a little uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hiatus. Hiatus. Hiatus is the right word. Yeah. And now we we're recording in my bedroom where before it was like the the basement slash slash like space that we didn't know what to do and Mm. now it has become a a guest room so now i am up in like a little nook in Mm. my bedroom so this is completely completely different so it really does feel like a like a first episode it's like a stranger i gotta put something behind me so there's like yeah ambiance um you know so next time you know i'll have like a little maybe like a little picture of you as a four-year-old or something behind me so uh something that always changes exactly you gotta, yeah you gotta you gotta get yourself a superman that way you always have something in the foreground or the background to show mm-hmm. you know time's progressing like or like a calendar of like like sexually suggestive images or whatever that like just like oh like, absolutely oh my god before we get into the movie, a funny thing, when I was a kid, the first adult naked bodies I ever saw were on calendars that were in our mom and pop-ups, like, bedroom. Really? They had, like, a his and her, like, a nudie calendar. Like, <laughs> it was so weird. Like, so mom is our grandmother, and she had, like, a, like, a nudie calendar of, like, dudes and then our grandfather, Pop-Up, he had a, uh, like a, a nude calendar of, of females. And I'll never forget it. I, I couldn't have been more than like seven years old, but I, I'll, I'll mm. just, I'll, I'll never randomly forget that image. I say randomly forget. No, I think it's basically, it's like a permanent like scar or imprint. in my Yeah. yeah but it's probably the more accurate uh, term. But yeah, anything like any weird things from your childhood that kind of linger like that? Yeah, just being born, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, because um, dad, when we were at um, in Paget, he had a, um, I don't want to call it a nudie calendar, but it was basically, you know, a, you know, a bikini calendar that he had because there was like the main section of the garage and then there was like mm. a little back section and there he had his, uh, his uh his ladies and he loved his ladies <laughs> he, he he sure does um you know <laughs> well this will be you know a, a natural segue into the episode that we're going to talk about but um yeah I, I leave it to you what movie are we going to talk about tonight we are going to be talking about uh probably one of the best national lampoons films which is christmas vacation Hell yeah, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, boy. Uh, it's a phenomenal film with uh, Chevy Chase, Betty White. Wait, what? Not Betty White. Um, I keep on, I always mix up Betty White and um, the lady who played the mum in uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. I'm glad you caught that because oh. I, I always mix them up because they look so um, similar uh, to me. 
Doris Roberts. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. People listening are going to be like, this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I will, I'll, I'll take this one over. Yeah. So yeah, you've got, you've got Chevy Chase. You've got Beverly D'Angelo who plays yep. Ellen Clark's wife. Uh, Juliette Lewis is in this movie. Jonathan Galecki. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as we mentioned before, Doris Roberts, E.G. Marshall, um, Diane Ladd. And then, of course, you've got the uh, Mae Questel and William Hickey and a nice little cameo from Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. From- and and you got, um, is it Nicolette Soresio? Soresso? I don't the launch- know. The, she's the lingerie uh, lady. Yes. Yeah. I'm, pr- I'm mispronouncing it. I'm butchering it, but I know it's Nicolette. I, yeah, looks like it. It looks like it's Nicolette Scorsese is what Scorsese. it looks like. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's a relation to the Scorsese's. I don't think, I, but I doubt it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So I guess, you know, fuck it. Let's get right into it. Pardon my French. Sorry, Vanessa. She'll be listening to this uh, episode later. She's used to it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, believe it or not, she actually sent some really good criticisms on some of my previous episodes. It was a very, very lengthy um, text that she sent me. And one of the ba- most valuable critiques she gave me is uh, lay off the profanity, which I think is good. You know, there are times where. Uh, yeah. Shithead lay off the profanity. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's get into this movie. All right. So yeah. national lampoons, Christmas vacation. Do you, mm, I, well, yeah, fuck it. You know, Oh man, like five minutes now I'm dropping F bombs in it. Yeah. Um, come on, dude. <laughs> Focus yeah. up. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to put like an explicit di- disclaimer Vanessa, please do not listen. Um, but do, what is what is your history? What is your earliest memory of watching this movie? So looking back, it comes to me in fragments because I remember watching it. And in Napton Hill, honestly, I, I want to say it was in the studio apartment with you and Matthew. But at the same time, I also remember watching in the big section with with Racket because I remember um, one of mom's uh, rules is Racket doesn't go in the studio. I, I, I remember that, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> that he's like it, quite possibly, you know, I could be remembering wrong. But, yeah, um, I remember first off that Napton Hill, either in your studio apartment or in the main section with racket close by because you know i dropped popcorn and he got popcorn (laughs) um and then i remember watching it again in atlanta with you and Catherine, if i'm not mistaken to the point where you even bought it for me one year Mm. just like a dvd I, i played it upstairs in my room when I was up in Canton and like I said, it comes to me in fragments. Cause I don't remember right. ever watching it like fully one time. It was kind of like, um, I think we were talking about the thing where I would like, like I started watching it off in pieces early mm-hmm. on. And then I watched the full thing when I was older. So I remember watching it in pieces when I was younger. And then when I was finally up in Atlanta um, or Canton, cause those are two completely different places. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, one's very liberal and one's, very not so liberal, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but 
yeah, I remember watching it and oh, it was, it was a hoot and a holler, a goof and a gaff. It's a fun film. It really <laughs> is. It really. Now, just to like unpack a few things for the listeners that might not necessarily know what we're talking about. So we had a couple different places when we lived in Bermuda. We had uh, our, our residence on Napton Hill, which was in Smith's Parish. And the way that house is broken up, we... We had, there, there are a couple little buildings on this property. Yeah, like the main house, which was a, I don't know, maybe maybe 1,100, maybe 1,000 square foot. Yeah. Two bedroom. Two bedroom, one bath. Yeah, house. I mean, and that, that, that's where we lived, right? Yeah. But detached from it by about 30 yards was a little studio apartment. And in that studio apartment, that's that's where and, and that studio apartment was just a you know like a, a single bedroom bathroom little mini kitchen but some of nathan's earliest memories were that's where i lived and <laughs> what often would happen is my brother matthew or my brother nathan they they'd often come into the studio apartment and we'd we play it you know I'd, I'd play a playstation game or watch a movie and they'd often hang in there whether i wanted them to be in there or not oh absolutely uh, you would have been around but man holy cow I, I i go back when i was in high school you were around two and then obviously yeah. fast forward a few years a couple of years later so you would have been like four or five years old and yeah yeah so around four or five i probably would have introduced you to nash lampoon's christmas vacation most likely yeah that and um you also introduced me to uh was it metal gear solid metal gear solid <laughs> holy shit yeah on the playstation yeah and you were obsessed yep. with watching me like break like, people's necks yes. <laughs> i'd be like do it again <laughs> oh my god i completely forgot about that but yeah, yeah. So that was that was one of our properties before they moved on to uh, our um, in Paget, Bermuda. But Nathan also rec- uh, mentioned our our dog Racket, and Racket was a you know your your quintessential mutt, if you will. You know, part German yeah. Shepherd, part maybe Collie, Golden Retriever, maybe something else in there. Hundred percent good boy, though. Hundred percent good. Like, let me let me paint you this picture. This this dog was maybe about 15 pounds overweight because of the fact that we <laughs> always gave him food, uh, you know, and he, he'd eat any any table scrap. But he also was a little a little bit of a diva, you know, like he had his mm-hmm. favorites, like he loved gummy worms, much like our father was obsessed with gummies popcorn and gummy bears hey y'all gummy bears <laughs> hey y'all my black forest gummy bears <laughs> and so whenever we'd watch a movie in the main house we would have we had kind of like it was kind of like a console television so it was like a big tv but with like big side speakers and yeah. i'd lay on the floor and racket would lay next to me and matthew would lay on one side of me and the dog would lay on the other and then nathan would lay on my back and yeah. we would just that, that was kind of like our routine you know you'd have the dog on one side of me uh matthew my brother on the other side of me and then nathan laying on my back and we'd watch whatever so it was one some of the, butthead, everything. butthead yeah yeah <laughs> uh so just some real like classic uh memories there but now we fast forward many years later and i don't know 
how it came to be, but yeah, I think I might've given you the film or you guys were over at the house because this has now become like a, a story of a legend where our father is a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> our, our father is a little bit of a Clark Griswold. And I think many families can <laughs> relate to this, you know, just having that your father, that's a little bit inappropriate, a little bit awkward. But when I think of my father and I think of this movie, I think of his innate ability to obsess over one specific line in the movie oh, and quote it all the time. And to the point where it became an inside joke where we would use we would say the the line and then dad would get kind of pissed off because he knew that yeah. we were calling him out on it. And what exactly and what is that line, Ethan? Save the neck for me, Clark. <laughs> So um, a little kind of offshoot to that conversation. Um, I don't know when it started, but I remember Matthew and I, when we were up in, in Georgia, we were very much um, into films and we were quoting films all the time. And one day dad just said out of the blue, I don't know if he said it to you before, but he just said it out of the blue. Hey, save the neck for me. And Matthew and I kind of both looked at each other like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And so fast forward to when we were visiting, um, it was myself and dad visiting uh, Chrissy when she was um, with um, Lee. No, no, Lance. Lance. Okay. Lance. Yep. Yeah. And so they were chilling uh, in the house. Um, Chrissy is our oldest sister. Very fantastic human being as well. Um, and so she was um she was there lance was there han and molly i don't know where they were they might have been with with their father and so we were just talking and it was during christmas time and so lance was talking about sushi and dad just out of the blue was like save the neck for me lance (laughs) (laughs) i just had to put my head in my hands like what man (laughs) like Oh, by and foolish done. <laughs> it's not even like a dad joke, you know, because a dad joke, there's at least a punchline to it. It's just a, an anti joke. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> it's just a buddy anti joke. Oh man. Oh yeah. God, but when I watch this movie, I can't I can't help but think of dad. Yeah. Not that Chevy Chase and our father are anything alike. Chevy Chase being like six four and our father being like, I don't know, five seven five eight um he'll and, say five nine and a heartbeat you know yeah, that yeah that of course he will i'm five nine and i you know i'm i've got a good you can see the top of his head i can see the top of his head yeah <laughs> yeah but, yeah and i'm i'm around i'm around six six three so i mean we definitely have a, a different different set of genetics that's for sure i definitely right. inherited my height have- from my mother's you know, we we do have you on a record on a previous episode referencing that you're five four. So you know, no, that's when I'm that's when I'm sitting down. Oh, okay, yeah, because I'm sitting down right now. So that's why I said, you know, I'm five four, and just for like the list, uh, the people listening, um, you know, I'm 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 around like six thirteen, six fourteen. <laughs> so like, make no mistake, <laughs> I carry it like shorter, like around a five foot three, five foot four kind of thing. But you know. You're you're five four limp, and then you know you. <laughs> when I'm ready. Yeah, when you're ready. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about this movie. Okay, so 
uh, obviously the movie that we're talking about right now is the 1989 holiday classic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, it was directed by Jeremiah Chechik. It was written um, by John Hughes. It was based on a short story that he wrote for National Lampoon in the late 70s. Now, a fun little piece of history, and I don't know if you know this, Nathan, originally this movie was going to be directed by the the director chris columbus who Uh, okay chris columbus who would later on do the first two harry potter movies and you know he had written a lot of stuff i believe he actually wrote the original goonies movie but um chris columbus was a uh and and is quite frankly a, a big what to do but before I could maybe I don't know if it was before they started shooting or around the time they started shooting, he had to pull himself off the project. And the reason being is he could not work with, with Chevy Chase. And I don't know if you know this about Chevy Chase, but he is notoriously recognized as being incredibly difficult to deal with. I don't know if you've heard about this. No, I've definitely heard Bruce Willis is difficult to deal with, but mm. I've never heard Chevy Chase is difficult. It's, believe it or not, like Chevy Chase is one of the biggest assholes, apparently, you know, like, so he's, he's extremely rude. He's extremely arrogant. Um, He's a diva. A a diva. Yeah. And so for whatever reason, Chris Columbus, you know, he had to pull himself off the project. And then the other guy, Jeremiah Chechik came in to uh to take over national lampoon's christmas vacation funny little sidebar when um john hughes was who's producing this got got that word from chris columbus that he didn't want to do it john hughes respected him and then he actually gave him another another screenplay that he had been working on that was also another christmas movie that would come out around the same time as this and that movie would be home alone interesting that mm-hmm. is interesting. So Chris Columbus turned down National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, but then in turn got Home Alone. So, huh, that's cool to know. Yeah, and for the sake of Chris Columbus, I think it was a major win. Not that this yeah. movie was a, a flop because it made seventy five million dollars in the box office, but yeah. Home Alone for the longest time was one of the biggest films in box office history. Yeah, that is fun to know. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's talk a little bit about this movie. All right. Absolutely. Now, what are some things about this movie? Actually, before we get into that, let's tell the audience what the hell this movie is about, because I'm sure there yeah. might be somebody out there that hasn't seen this movie. We you know, it's one of my one of my crimes on this podcast that I often just assume that everybody else have seen the movies that we're talking about. So I, I need to do a better job of kind of talking a little bit about what the movie is before, you know, carrying on some of these conversations. So without getting too in depth, what is, what is this movie about broad level? Well, broad level is just, you know, two families. uh, (laughs) My youngest just woke up and is staring at me. Uh, (laughs) Two families are just coming together um, during the holidays um, you know, Clark Griswold, the main gentleman who is, you know, the protagonist of the, of the film wants it to be the best, you know, vacation, vacation ever. 
things go awry and hilarity ensues and it's just a fun film. I don't want to go too in depth because, you know, those who haven't seen it could probably, you know, have it spoiled for them. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Yeah, we this is the third installment of the the vacation series of National Lampoons where we follow Clark W. Griswold and his wife, Ellen, and their two kids, Audrey and Rusty. Yep. And in this case, it is Christmas vacation and his parents are coming to town and her parents are coming to town, her being yep. Ellen, his wife, and they're all going to be under his roof. Yeah. So and as you just stated, hilarity ensues, you know, it, it's what crazy shit can happen when you've got two dysfunctional families under one roof. You have a, a mishmash hodgepodge of Randy, Randy Quaid for, you know, yeah. Uh, cousin Eddie and cousin Eddie. Now, speaking of him and, and craziness, do you know about the insanity that Randy Quaid is today? No, no. I, the fun thing is I, the only person I know who's gone off the rails in terms of celebrities is the guy who played um, uh, Christopher Molietti in Sopranos. He's insane now. He's, well, I mean, I don't want to be rude, but you know, he's very much into different things, but tell me more about um, Randy Quaid. Cause I, know nothing about his uh, personal life so check this out about randy quaid um he he's he's not well in addition to the fact that he's a kind of QAnon like conspiracy theorist republican that's not even like the biggest like crazy thing about i don't know if it was 10 maybe 15 years ago but he and his wife they they like fled the united states and moved to canada and they were like bunkering in somebody's home unbeknownst to these to the like the homeowners and then they started like spouting conspiracy theories that there were people that were responsible for the death of heath ledger and other people and i don't know if there was like tax evasion or money laundering but they mm. did like really really off the wall irrational shit but again i go back to they were like bunkering in somebody else's home you know like yeah. just living in somebody else's home unbeknownst to the the actual owner so like randy quaid went like full-on cousin eddie but like but even, yeah just yeah just absolute and just insane that's I, fun it it is fun but i want to take this back so when I think about this movie, I do think about this idea uh, of family and like the perfect, the perfect holiday or the perfect vacation. Do you have any, any vacations that you can think of from your childhood that you link back that you, uh, that you can look back to and say, that was, that was a good vacation. That was a bad vacation. I do. And it was, it's interesting because I was thinking about that before we came on, and probably when we were in pageant, um, we were going to do a Christmas. It's uh, funnily enough, we were going to do a Christmas vacation. And I think we were going to either Tampa or it's some some part of Florida, because during those those like late 90s, early uh, noughties, dad and mom were very vested into going to Florida a lot. And so 
you know, the flight was early in the morning and, and basically what happened was, um, I got left behind. And I'll be dead serious. I'll be, no, this is legit. And you caught a plane to they, New York. No, 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 no. So basically what happened was I got left behind and, um, for about like 10 minutes <laughs> and then they came back and picked me up. So what they had, they had left the, the house in Padgett and started heading to the airport and had to come back for you. Yeah. And during that time, it was only a 10 minute time frame, but there were robberies going around in Padgett <laughs> at that time. <laughs> and you, 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 uh, you foiled the plans of some, some wet bandits. Yeah. And like my next door neighbor, Robert Blossom, he, um, he hit people with a snow shovel in Bermuda. So that was fun. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, you mentioned home alone. So I thought that'd be a fun little quip, but I will say in terms of memories, I don't, I'm going to be dead honest with you. I don't have too many set in stone memories. I have more like feelings than anything else, especially younger. I remember when we were in Paget. um, you came down for Christmas one time and that was really cool. You came down. I can't remember with who, one of your friends, but that was a fun time. Um, and it's, it's more so the emotions for me that I remember of, of excitement, but now having kids, it's, it's like, I want to make sure each Christmas is as memorable as possible, not just for the gifts, but also like the emotions. Like when someone mentions Christmas, it's like, okay, I had some really good times. I might not be able to pinpoint exactly what my favorite time was, but I can at least say I was happy during these times, which mm -hmm. is what I want to do with my kids. Yeah. What are some things that you would like to maybe, maybe do one day? Travel with them during Christmas time. That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. You know, um, right now we're in an apartment, but you know, that's going to change soon. You know, I don't know how soon, but soon. So definitely a nice big tree, not as big as, as the Griswolds, but, you know, definitely a nice big tree, um, you know, gifts under the tree, stockings on the fireplace, you know, kind of like that classic uh, Christmas, funnily enough, which is what uh, Clark was going for that entire film. Right. That's but, that Go on. Go ahead. No, please. No, I was just going to say, but I mean, that's just, that's just like, I guess every dad wants their kids to have a good Christmas. Obviously there's not the best ones, but you know, you make what you will of it. I think it's very, very poetic. And I want to come along these, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be instead of crazy cousin Eddie, I'll be crazy uncle Andrew and I'll, I'll crash you your, your holidays. <laughs> but... yeah, I'll save the neck for you. Please, please save the neck for me. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're talking about this idea of like perfect Christmas vacations. And I think that's the whole thing. And why this movie works is because I don't know if there is such a thing as a perfect Christmas, you know, or perfect, you know, it, it's, it's shit is always going to go wrong at some point in time. And I, I think I think that's kind of part of the magic. Yeah. And I, I have to agree with you. Like the whole film is, you know, a dad at the end of the day, the, you know, if you strip it down to the bare minimum, if you kind of take away all the uh, uncle Eddie stuff and, you know, the neighbors and all that, it's just a really a dad trying to do his best of providing a good Christmas. You know, he spent his bonus in advance for a pool and, and, 
you know, I mean, looking back at it, you know, you can laugh and all that. But like I said, when you strip it down, it's really a film about, you know, a father trying to provide as best as he can and make the best of it, no matter how downhill it's going and how quickly, you know, as, you know, as quickly as, as the sled that he kind of waxed. That's how quickly it went downhill. You you bring up something really interesting. And the first time I saw this movie, I was 10, 11 years old. Okay. And, you know, I saw it from the, I guess, maybe the perspective of Rusty, you know, yeah. from the perspective of the son. But now fast forward you know, of a few years. And now I'm, I'm, I'm watching it from very much from the perspective of the father and the movie now has taken on a different, a different perspective. Yeah. We can laugh at Clark Griswold's, you know, uh, zaniness that he is in this movie and very much the imperfect father. But now I, I, I get I get it a little bit, you know, like the the idea that the, the the sentimentality that that he wants to have and he wants everything to be perfect. So when he finally mm-hmm. reaches that breaking point, it's one, it's hilarious, but two, kind of get it, you know. I, I kind of yeah. you know like the, this idea because you know, I, in my own head, I've got these these. Um, plans on some things that I would like to do in the future with, with our family around Christmas. And, yeah. And yeah. And I mean, like you said, when you're young, you kind of look at it through the eyes of like the younger kids. I always tried to look at it through the eyes of Aunt Bethany. Cause that's always a fun <laughs> way of looking at it. <laughs> All right. That is probably the best segue that we can do. Let's talk a little bit about some of these characters in, in this yeah. movie. And all right, so obviously we, if you've ever seen any of the other vacations, you you know that you've got Clark and Ellen, you've got Rusty and Audrey, once again, played by entirely different actors than they had in the previous movies. And interestingly enough, Rusty is now the younger of the, the two siblings. Yeah. Even the though continuity the, is amazing. Yeah, you know, I, you know, in the first two, it appeared that Rusty was older than Audrey, but in this one, you've got like a three foot six uh, Johnny Galecki uh, in this movie, <laughs> where the previous, you know, in the original, you had Anthony Michael Hall, who was you know approaching six feet tall. So yeah, you know, uh, you know a little continuity issues, and then Audrey, you know, went from uh, the actress uh, Dana Barron. To I forget who the actress was in the second one, and then this one you've got Juliette Lewis, and Juliette Lewis obviously is um, very much a, a big name today. But you had them, you have uh, the parents. You've got Doris Roberts, who's uh, Raymond's mother on Everybody Loves Raymond. You've got yes. uh, um, uh, shit. Uh, E.G. Marshall, who had been in a lot of stuff. You have Diane Ladd, who plays Clark's mom. And for those that don't know, Diane Ladd is actually Laura Dern's mother. So the 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 cute blonde from Jurassic Park and many, many other other movies. That's her mother. And of course, you've got uh, Randy Quaid, who we mentioned. And now you mentioned Aunt Bethany. Do you know what her claim to fame is? No, I think um, when I looked her up... Or like when I see a picture of her on um, IMDb, she looks like a singer or a dancer in like the picture mm-hmm. that she has. Yeah. Real, okay, that was a shot in the dark. Yeah, but her biggest claim to fame is that is Betty Boop. 
the the cartoon really? Betty Boop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So Aunt Bethany, Once Upon a Time, was Betty Boop. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. Uh, that actor has been in many, many, uh, what is it? Oh, shit, I can't believe I just forgot his name. Um, uh, William Hickey, and he played Uncle Lewis. But yeah, just, and of course, you got, I mentioned before, but Julia Louis-Dreyfus, so Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah. And then, of course, Brian Doyle Murray plays mm-hmm. Mr. Shirley who is the perfect asshole boss. And I think it's pretty much the best role that, or rather the best type of character that Brian Doyle Murray can play is that, 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 that asshole, which is great. Uh, he, he just has that, that type of performance, like down to a science. But of course, sir, um, we mentioned there was, uh, what was um, Nicolette Scorsese? I yeah. think uh, was the, the lingerie model. Yeah. And then the little fantasy of his. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, very huge, huge ensemble uh, cast in this, in this movie. But the other thing I love about this movie, because it is very much a John Hughes written film. The movie is loaded with quotable dialogue. Now, Absolutely. if, you know, if you just took our father's word on it, there's really only one line in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But, but there's it's on, it's on there's, repeat it's on repeat but there are tons <laughs> of really great oh, dialogue in this movie do you have any any like favorite lines from the movie yeah the blessing the blessing <laughs> you know um you know what was it uh merry christmas shit is full <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one with uh with uh cousin eddie dumping the uh the sewage from his rv and then there was um you know, when, when Aunt Bethany started reciting, uh, you I, know, pledge I, I pledge allegiance to, to, the, to flag. the flag and then cousin Eddie stands up. Um, and then probably, yeah, you know, if I, if I keep on prattling on, it'll be spoilers just going out the wazoo, but you know, those are probably my, my most memorable ones. This movie is, I think well, this is just one comedic sequence after another. And you just have like, it, it, it's just a punchline, like right after, like one little beat after another. But there are just so many things that I think of. Um, oh, you've, got, you've got Todd like, hey, Griswold, where are you going to put a tree that big? And Clark replies, <laughs> bend over, I'll show you. <laughs> you got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. I wasn't talking I wasn't to you. <laughs> and then like that slow pan over to uh, Todd's wife. And they're like, oh, he's talking yeah. about you. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, um, Aunt Bethany going like, what's that sound? You hear it? It's a funny squeaking noise. And, and then Uncle Lewis is like, you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. Uh, I love it. Oh, oh I love it. it. It's such a good film. And it's, it's definitely a cult following based film with just the amount of quotes that you can share. Mm -hmm. Far and away, the most quotable movie I think I've had on this podcast to date. This movie, it's it's a fun ride. Again, it's not without its uh, critiques. I think when you really try to analyze this movie, it's not great, but uh, it certainly is quotable and it's enjoyable ride. Now, when we look on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 68% approval which is extremely positive audience score of 86 percent 
pardon me, my topo kicking in, uh, audience score of 86%. But you look at when the movie first came out, it received mixed to slightly above uh, positive reviews. But again, you're, you're looking at 68%, which is good. Um, 70, like what I say, $75 million in the box office. It had a $25 million budget. Now, a lot That's of that, bad. a lot of that went to Chevy Chase, but oh, then never mind. <laughs> but this movie was mostly filmed in LA, but what they didn't film in LA, they filmed on location in Breckenridge, Colorado. So, okay. and I don't believe that it was filmed during the winter, but it could, but I, I think like a lot of the, the shots they got were like maybe in like March and April, but, um, aren't they from, aren't they supposed to be based like a Chicago family? Correct. Though? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Like when you see them driving to go find the Griswold uh, family Christmas tree, it looks like they're driving through the mountains and everything. So it's like, yeah. I don't believe that really looks like Illinois at all. Um, different time, different time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the nineties were, were hell of a decade, you know? Yeah. A lot of um, quaaludes, bro. A lot of quaaludes. Uh, but I am intrigued to give you a little quit give you a little quiz if you're interested. You know, I am interested. Um, I don't know how well I'll do, but I've I've always never been one to shy away from being uncomfortable. Okay, here we go. Well Let's we'll just see. We'll just see uh we'll have some fun. What type of animal is in the Christmas uh, the second Christmas tree? A squirrel. Mm-hmm. Yep, squirrel is correct. What is the name of Cousin Eddie's dog? Snots. Snots, yep. (laughs) Um, What corrected Ruby Sue's crossed eyes? Oh, God. So she falls in a well. Her eyes go crossed. Kicked by a mule. Kicked by a mule. (laughs) Kicked. Fair enough. I, uh, I would have just said an eye patch. An eye patch, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. What two gifts does Aunt Bethany wrap up and bring for Christmas? She wraps up the cat and um, some form of some form of gelatinous goo <laughs> that starts seeping. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's jello mold. You're right. Yeah, jello mold. mold. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, great job. We'll give you one. Thank you. We'll give you one more quiz question. Um, no, I think I think that's well. Okay, fine. What what I I gave this one away. But let's see if uh, if you were listening or uh, or not. What are the names of uh, the neighbors? Oh, um, Todd and mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um, why is the carpet wet? All why is the carpet well wet, Todd? I don't know. Marco. Marco, you said that. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Mar- I Honestly, whenever I look at her at all, I just think Elaine, no matter what show or film she's in, whether that's uh, Cougar Town, I think she was in after Seinfeld. It was either. No, that thing that was Courtney Cox. She was in. She was in a new, she was in a show recently and I just kept on going, oh, that's Elaine. Yeah, she, so she's had two iconic uh, television characters. She had Elaine, obviously. Yeah. She she had, this is a lesser show, but I think she's still gotten like an Emmy for it, but it was like the, um, 
Old Adventures of New Christine. No. Yeah. New Adventures of Old Christine. Christine. That's the one. Yeah. But after that, she took on her second big, big character, and that is the role of Selena Meyer, who's on HBO's Veep. And if you haven't ever, if you haven't seen Veep, Veep is probably the funniest show since Arrested Development. I don't know if you, if you were much of an Arrested Development fan, but Veep is so good. Um, probably not for Vanessa as they, they drop more F-bombs than, than, than you do on a Friday night. Than, than I do on a Friday night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but holy cow, I don't know if you have got HBO or not, but if, if you, if you can get your hands on it, go back and watch Veep. It's, oh, I think, in fact, I think I posted something on election day of like some antics and you, you thoroughly enjoy the video of this guy like chopping wood, just saying "fuck, fuck." Yes, fuck. yes, I did. Very um, much enjoyed it. Yeah, that, that's that's from Veep. And, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, now I, I feel that we didn't even really truly take a deep dive into this, but that's okay. I think when people are listening to this movie, they can paint their own picture on on some of the great things that that is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, but. It, I, I, what I want people to get out when they listen to this episode is just to think about maybe some of their own childhood uh, Christmas uh, yeah. adventures that they have had. And, you know, I am curious to, you know, hear your story. So if, there, if there's anything crazy that has happened or if there are things that you would like to do, I'd love to hit, you know, find out. So let me know on, on Twitter, Instagram, you name it. But for for the listeners is there anything that you would like to close out in discussion on i mean the the cool thing about the film is you know symbolically it's it's kind of going back and forth with you know your christmas vacation and reminiscing is probably one of the biggest things that you can enjoy doing and the fact that you know we can reminisce over you know quotes and and quizzes and all that is just kind of a fun little little take so that's always a fun little plus. Yeah. And another thing I think about when I think about this movie, and I'll let you get out of here in just a second, is there, there's a scene where he's left behind when they all go shopping and he's stuck in the stuck in the attic and he is getting all cold and he's putting on, you know, all of like Ellen's clothes, but he discovers like old videotapes or rather like reel to reels from like the 1950s. And he watches these old Christmas memories while you've got this, this Ray Charles Christmas song that I've never heard anywhere other than in this movie. Like, like we'll have Christmas Alexa playing on the background. You'll get the same freaking pentatonics or whatever, like bullshit. Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. You'll get that. I've never heard that Ray Charles song anywhere other than this movie um that and the opening the opening credit uh song that hip hip hooray for christmas vacation like Mm, that never heard that anywhere else other than in this movie and i did some digging apparently there was no like official soundtrack for this movie it wasn't like it, it wasn't wasn't like released on uh like cassette or uh, CD or vinyl at like the time of a release. Now it may have happened after the fact, but when this movie came out, it wasn't it, from the research that I did, 
it wasn't necessarily uh, completed. Now the opening title sequence, which is kind of like a little cartoon, that is done by Croyer Films. They uh, they were like a, an animation studio in the 80s and early 90s, and mm. they they did the uh, the animation sequence for this movie, and they did it for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and like maybe something else, like Bobby's World. I think they also was another thing that they did, but just a little like little production notes on the movie um yeah that's really that's really about i guess it's really about it um um well nathan i really can't think of much else i'd want to talk about other than the fact that like talking about this movie just doesn't do justice i'm going to get off this podcast and immediately go back and watch this movie. Cause I think I see this. I've, I've seen this movie well over a hundred times. I don't know about you, but every, every December, I, I think since it came out, I, I see it maybe three to five times. So funny thing about that. You're talking about watching that film almost every Christmas, Matthew and I, we, for, since we moved to Canton, and obviously we stopped when Matthew and the parents left and all that. We want Elf was our um, Christmas film mm. with uh, Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We watched that like three times a month during Christmas time. That's, that's a good one that uh, I watched this really, I watched this really good documentary. Where did I see it? It's on Netflix right now. And it's about Elf, and it had. It's really, really cool. If you want to check that out, it's available on Netflix. Absolutely. I forget the name of this documentary, but it has a lot of like behind the scenes and how everything came to be from the moment mm. the screenplay was written in like the mid '90s, and then to the point where it, it fell into Will Ferrell's lap and everything like that. I think it's Elf on a Shelf, the Will Ferrell story. No. <laughs> no, no. If it's no. not, they really missed uh, the mark. They did. They definitely did. But that's cool. You know, like admittedly, like I, I was a little bit late into Elf. I watched it when it first mm-hmm. came out, but it didn't didn't really resonate until maybe three or four years ago. And then, okay. and then I'm like, holy shit! I I'm glad I gave this movie a second look because I I thoroughly enjoy Elf. And, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then John Favreau obviously uh, directed that movie and John Favreau is a fantastic actor, but Holy cow, has he really like taken off as a uh, writer and producer and director? I don't know if you have gotten into the Mandalorian at all yet, but that it's on is, my list. it's next level. I mean, just uh, pretty cool. So yeah, totally, totally related to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'm glad I'm talking Absolutely. about the Mandalorian right now. But, <laughs> I mean, that's a father figure right there. So there you go. He is. He is. I mean, <laughs> that's know? what that whole show's about. <laughs> but Nathan, as always, dude, I I love having you on. Thank you very much for coming in. No, and, thank you for having me. And chatting loosely about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And um uh, what else? Uh, what else you got going on? Do you have? Do you guys have anything planned for the holidays? We don't. Um, well, it's funny. I actually we might because um, I'm off the 23rd, 24th, and 25th just by happenstance because I'm off every Wednesday, Thursday, and Christmas falls on the Friday, and I have a nice little three day weekend. So we we're talking about doing something, but I don't know. It's it's 
it's more so just the the ambiance of being with family that's really important so you know kaya's three now so she definitely is all about you know presence um she's pointing out everything she wants ava's just ava's just happy to be you know a part of it right. so you know yeah. now are you guys gonna have like a tree or do you guys have a or we don't really have room for it um Funnily enough, but I will say Vanessa kind of gave me a Christmas gift early. Um, so I got a new phone, the iPhone 12 mini, and she got me a case. I don't know if you can see that, but Aww. it's a T-Rex and it says Daddy Saurus and it has two little pink T-Rexes. So, so you said iPhone 12 mini? Yep. How many, how many, how many iPhone 12s are there? There's the iPhone 12 Pro Max, which is the big monster that Vanessa has. Um, she's a fan of just holding a large, <laughs> she's a, then there's the 12 pro and then there's this one. <laughs> uh, so go back to she's a fan of holding a large what now? I mean, I still see the record button, so we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> but you know, they, they don't call me the Hebrew hammer for nothing. <laughs> I don't think anybody calls you that at all. No, no. It's like more like. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, but yeah, fun stuff. Thank you again, as always, uh, for uh, for joining me. And Merry Christmas, little brother. Merry I love Christmas. you. And hug from uh, from across the computer. And uh, I'll allow you the second to uh, say, uh, say goodbye to uh, all your fans uh, that are listening. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely, you know, the Nathan Stamper cinema, you know. <laughs> No, but in, in honesty, you know, I enjoy our, our conversations about film. I enjoy it. You know, I, I like the meaningful ones like we did with um, Dead Poet Society, but I enjoy the fun ones that we can really reminisce and shoot the shit like we did today. So it was definitely a fun experience. So I appreciate it. Definitely. We'll have you back, obviously, and in, in the new year and start thinking of a, a movie where we could take a deep dive and really get into something and mm. like doing some analytical type stuff on there. And Stomp you know, the yard. Pardon me? Stomp, Stomp the, the yard. Well, I think you were telling me about this, this uh, cinematic masterpiece that you said uh, uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Like the oh, Oscar yes. winner. Um, oh, absolutely. Well, a view well, from the top. Um, a view it's, from it's the just, top. It's just an amazing film. If if you guys haven't seen it, you're really doing yourself a disservice in in terms of calling yourself a you know a cinematography nut. It's just a great film of uh, a lady that that shoots for the ceiling, and she attains it. Um, there's there's really no other way of describing. If you aim for mediocrity, you'll you'll reach it. Mm. You know, admittedly, until you told me about this movie like a month ago, I yeah. I, I may have known this movie existed, but if I did, I had totally forgotten. But no, but uh, like all all kidding aside, we'll definitely do something in the in the new year. But little brother, I love you. Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to you. And uh, uh, I'll see you soon. Absolutely, listeners. We will be back next week i think unless they take another three-week hiatus who knows we'll, we'll we'll find out but uh so uh stick around and consider this your uh, your cliffhanger bye everybody <laughs>